Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is Lavi Alva, and I'm an extreme expert. One thing that I've noticed is that Minneapolis is quite positive. It's a positive, friendly place. <laughs> and so, it's so much so that people almost, when they come here, they think that people are really passive. And it's kind of true, because I realize this. Like, when I go around and enjoy my life, do the things that I need to do. If you've ever been to Minneapolis, <laughs> and, and if you've ever been to other cities, especially like New York, or Seattle, Portland. Portland and Seattle are a little bit more nicer. I'm, I'm going to just stereotype based on what I've gone through. Me, I'm... I'm a white uh, five foot one person. <laughs> so, and when I go around the world, obviously the world treats me in a certain way compared to other people. But in Minneapolis, when I walk around, people are a lot more friendlier than in other places. So for example, if you go, come here to Minneapolis and you bump into someone, it's gonna be very common for you to hear like, oh, like, oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry. Um, oh, I'm sorry about that. Oh, no worries. Like, have a good day. You know, like kind of those kind of accusations, those exclamations. And, you know, like I realized when I go to work and I'll like be rushing or I'll like, you know, do something that maybe you're, you're just not paying attention and you brush somebody with your cart. In Minneapolis, uh, people tend to be very nice compared to other places. Not everyone is nice. There's always a person or a place <laughs> that is nasty. But I noticed that, like, and especially now, since I'm going on another adventure Wait. to explore a different city, I'm going to hopefully explore more of Tucson soon. And... You know, after just talking to people in Tucson, in Arizona. That's one thing I am going to be interested to see how people behave. Because here in Minneapolis, people are pretty civil. They try to be nice to your face. And people are not very confrontational. They don't like a lot of you know, destruction, they don't really like um, a lot of conflict in general. I'm just generalizing because I've been living in Minneapolis for 28 years. And of course, you know, of course in any city you're going to get jumped. Of course you're going to get robbed. Of course you're going to, you know, have those bad things happen to you. But in general though, I feel like Minneapolis is a pretty safe city compared to other cities. And I know with the media, they like to paint it in a color where it's like, oh, you know, all these people are rioting, all these people are dangerous, all these people are angry, all these, there's a bunch of racists. You know, I can't argue, there are probably a bunch of racists here. There's a bunch of racists everywhere. You know, I'm not black, I'm not a person of color. Um, I'm mixed, I'm Latina, but I'm white. So when the world treats me a certain way, not the way that it treats everyone, 
So I can't vouch for the people of color in Minneapolis and how they are treated because that's not me. But I know that based on how I was treated in Minneapolis, I've been treated mostly nice compared to other cities. New York, Manhattan was the first time anyone's ever run from me. <laughs> I'm a white lady. I, people don't run from me very often. <laughs> um, I'm also short, not very intimidating. But there were these three dudes, right? And I was in Manhattan. I was vis visiting a friend. And I came up behind him and I was like, hey guys, is there a place, you know, where you can go get brunch, you know, some breakfast, maybe listen to some music, you know. Mind you, it was about noon. In Minneapolis, it's, you know, noon is a very busy time for brunch, especially on weekends. And so for me, being on vacation, I wanted to kind of go somewhere fun. And these guys looked at me and they're like, literally speeding up, y'all. Like, I've never seen anybody, like, look behind and then, then start kind of speeding up because that doesn't really usually happen to me. Um, and I was like, uh okay and I was like hello and they like obviously didn't want to talk to me so I was like okay that's bizarre and then when I got to Detroit <laughs> when I got to Detroit there was a lady who I guess I was standing too close to her in line good thing it wasn't COVID holy shit maybe it would have been worse but I was literally like standing maybe like two two and a half feet from her which, mind you, this was a busy uh, airport. There were tons of people online. And we were all waiting for a, a flight that was delayed because our flight had to do an emergency landing. And on my way to Manhattan, I actually was stuck in Detroit for a day. Had to sleep over. It wasn't actually that bad. It was a pleasant experience, but the people, <laughs> I don't know. What happened? But I was standing in line minding my own business. And this person was like, You need to step away from my luggage. And me being the short white lady that I am, with people rarely ever bother me for nothing. I'm like, excuse me? And she's like, you need to step away from my luggage. And I was like, oh. What? I was like, okay. I was like, oh, uh, this is my luggage over here. I'm pretty sure your luggage is over there. And she was like, girl, can you just get the fuck off by away from my luggage? And I was like, lady, I'm, oh, okay. Because I'm not about to start shit in a different city that I don't know. So I was like, okay, that's fine. I'll just back up. Maybe this lady's got a bad day. You know, I got my flight canceled. Maybe she had her flight canceled. Maybe, you know, something happened. But I was so surprised. I was like, huh. And then when I started walking around, you know, people don't say hi. Here in Minnesota, <laughs> here in Minnesota, I, I'm pretty sure it's more than just Minneapolis. Because when you walk around, because I've been to uh, Bemidji, I've been to Duluth, I've been to Minneapolis, duh, obviously. Um... And a few other places in Minnesota. Not everywhere, but I've been to quite a few places in Minnesota. And most people, if you're walking in a park, they'll say hi. They'll say good morning. Like, they'll say good morning. You don't know them. 
it's whatever. Or if you're passing by someone's yard, just common courtesy to say good morning. You say good morning. You know, you don't know them. You just say hello. Like, that's just what you do. And it's interesting to me that other people don't do that. Like, obviously it makes sense because it's a different part of the world. But I don't know. I'm just very interested to see the contrast between Tucson and Minneapolis. So I guess with um, connecting to the Notepad series, the Notepad Chronicles, my idea here is... What are the different ways that people interact with one another? How do you make friends? How do you make friends in a city where you don't even say hi to strangers? But this is the thing, is in Minneapolis, you say hi to everyone, but not everyone is your friend. People are really friendly. You could see them at the grocery store. You talk to them at the grocery store. You talk to them at the gas station. You talk to them down the street. They could be your neighbor. They could be whatever, right? And they're just friendly. Because they're going to be friendly to you in your face. To your face. And there won't be much conflict. But then if you really need something, they're not going to help you though. Because those people are not your friend friends. So that's just my question. This is what I'm interested to see. Is like... When you're in a city that that's just not normal to greet people, you just kind of go and mind your own business. How do you make friends? Do you just go online? Do you do apps and start talking to people? Like friend, friend tryst, Tinder for friends? Like, LOL, I need a girlfriend. Swipe left if you want to hang out with me. Like seriously though, like I'm honestly wondering. Um, because I've never encountered this. And a lot of people, like, not a lot of people. I always say a lot of people, but that's not what I meant. Somebody even, like, was playing devil's, devil's advocate with me this morning. They were like, well, if you're going to talk about that in your podcast, um, why, um, why can't you just talk about how you make friends here? Like, isn't it just the same? Well, it isn't the same because... Before COVID, me, I'm a millennial. I lived, I grew up in the 2000s, so I was born in 1992. So my, the majority of my life, I'm 28 years old, the majority of my life, the way that I met people was face to face. I never really went on apps before until I started getting older after college and had time and started inter- getting interested in people like that. But before that, before I just kind of like went to the park and met people. Before you'd go to parties and meet people. Before you would go to class and meet people. You'd meet people at the park. You'd meet people at the grocery store. You'd meet people anywhere. And I, I think that the one thing that makes me really sad is that COVID kind of changes that that connection with people. It kind of stunted it there for a second. So now when we're going back to dating and making friends, (laughs) as an adult, making friends is super hard. Like, it's so funny because when you're little, people are like, make friends, make friends, make friends. You're like, okay, you know. And 
I know some people didn't really grow up with a lot of friends, but I lived in a neighborhood, and even though they weren't my friends, I did have people that I hung out with on my neighborhood because they were my neighbors. And I, at that time, I just hung out with my neighbors because I was in grade school, and those were the people that were available. And then after on, later on, when I was in college, of course I made friends because I had to, because <laughs> you have to do group projects and stuff. So then I almost feel like as a younger person, it's a lot easier because you're doing a lot of stuff with yourself in general. When I was younger, I had a lot more disposable income. I was going on trips. I was traveling a lot more than I am now. And now that I'm an adult and I have to take care of other people, I have to take care of myself. It's really, really hard to find time to make friends and to, to connect pe with people on a face-to-face -face kind of interaction. And I guess this whole rant was just kind of to emphasize, I'm kind of nervous. I'm kind of nervous to go to a different state and be like, okay, now I got to make friends. Because I haven't been able to do that. Well, I have, but not really, you know. It's, it's a hard thing to do. You kind of forget to do it after a while when you're older. And also when you're older, you work with people you have to work with. You know, I wouldn't even consider that making friends. <laughs> Sometimes you just always have to work with someone um, together. Whether it's like your ex working together with assets that you own or children. Uh... It might be something that, you know, you might have a business partner. And it, I wouldn't consider that your friend. Like, they might be your friend, but I don't know. But anyway, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I won't be going to Tucson for another few months now. So, Minneapolis, you will enjoy me while I am here. And I'm really, really excited to see what this summer has in store for us. And I really appreciate everyone who's been listening to my podcasts. I really appreciate everyone that has been, you know, communicating with me, emails, asking questions still, giving your supports. I know this is a really busy time for everyone. And I know my podcasts will go back kind of more steadily here in a few weeks. But I appreciate your patience. And thank you. Safest, safest, safest of travels. Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is Lavia Alva, and I'm an extreme expert. So, um, if you haven't already known me, I am uh, the writer for The Adventures of an extreme extrovert on Podify. Podify, can I even talk? See, this is not even alcohol. <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> Jeez, this is a story of my life. Okay, so um, I'm the creator of um, The Adventures of an Extreme Extrovert on Spotify. So you probably have heard of my um, podcasts before. And this morning, I just was gifted with such important information, such great information, uh, a little past history, 
So for me, um, as a young person, I um, endured a little bit of physical abuse. <laughs> a little bit, meaning 17 years. <laughs> Just a little bit, you know. Um, my therapist always tells me that I'm, <laughs> I'm always so good at um, um, lessening the severity of things. I always like to be like, oh, it's okay, when it's really not okay. I think it's just the Minnesotan in me that does that. Um, you know, I did a podcast the other day, yesterday, I believe, that about Minnesotans. How in uh, Minnesota, we're very passive-aggressive, but we're very friendly to your face. Um, it's not very uncommon while you like bump into somebody and you're like, Oh, excuse me. You know, people are very nice here in Minneapolis. And um, compared to other cities. But anyway, <laughs> let me get back on uh, track what I was talking about. But yeah, this morning I did some sensory motor with my old program. Um, I am currently sober, so I've been sober for about five months. And <laughs> I'm just recycling all my wine glasses, chocolate milk. <laughs> this is how I use them now. I love wine glasses, I really do. And I know for some people it's triggering and uh, can be problematic, but for me, surprisingly, it hasn't been. So, thank God. <laughs> anyway, and I don't want to throw away all these cool point glasses anyway. I got all these nice ones. And my sister actually made one for me that was is like really sparkly. She made it for me on my birthday. Um, It's like full of glitter, purple, you know, such a bougie little glass. You know, you'll be sitting down watching TV and it'll be like, oh, don't mind me. Mm. sipping my you know my chocolate milk like queen or something but anyway um going back to the sensory motor so the reason why i'm talking about this um therapy sensory motor is because it's something that i've never actually um heard about before i've heard of emdr and um, other things but not sensory motor and so what it is, is it's a kind of a process that helps you um, process traumatic experiences. So I learned today that when you go through something traumatic, like so for example, like me, I endured physical abuse for 17 years. And um, when that happens sometimes, and like for me, I was young. So the things that I wanted to say in the way that I wanted to defend myself wasn't a possibility. You know, that was taken away. And through this um, sensory motor therapy, since abuse is sometimes most commonly actually stored in our body, you know, it it can cause a lot of problems if we don't... Um, if we don't really fix it, you know, like suppressing your emotions, um, not setting up boundaries, learning to set good boundaries for yourself and for, for your own feelings. Because if you suppress them, they can cause chronic pain, um, chronic illness, stress, and those will cause your life to have more issues later. And those are really severe things. And, um, Nobody wants to live with a chronic illness. No offense to anyone who has, you know, like, you're a really strong person. And, you know, I'm not going to take that strength away from you. <laughs> you're awesome. Uh, but 
if there can be an, a process to avoid these things, then it would be a lot better. You know what I mean? So it's good to work through these things and um, get to them before they get too serious. So anyway, um, so through the sensory motor um, therapy, what you basically do is you go into a safe, um, safe mental space in a safe place, usually at home. Right now they're doing a lot of telehealth. Me, I do it online. Safest place to do it. <laughs> and um, you basically go through with a professional um, maybe some things that had happened to you. And it's kind of like you sit with the feeling. So, for example, in my um, my first session that I did this morning, um, I talked to my therapist about something that had happened. I'll just do an example. This is not what happened to me, but this is an example. Um, so, say someone hit you, right? You were walking and somebody that you loved hit you and it really caused some emotional pain because you were like you know what I what I wanted to say was I wanted to say stop don't do that to me you know I wanted to establish my boundaries for some reason maybe you couldn't maybe you were too busy maybe you were running from the park to the taxi or something and it was so fast you just couldn't think of it maybe children were present maybe something could have happened maybe you felt that it would have been too dangerous to defend yourself and so, with that feeling, I sat, I, with the feelings that I had, I sat with those feelings. I let them happen. I told my therapist what had happened, and I sat with those feelings. I literally sat with them, and I analyzed them. For me, my stress was really here, like really here in my chest. Like when I felt triggered, like anger. And came in my chest here. And I sat with it. And I, you know, I felt my my vision getting fuzzy. I felt tears coming. I felt the stress. And I identified the feelings in my body. My mind, see this is the thing that's interesting about trauma. Is your mind knows. Your mind knows that you're in a safe spot. But sometimes your body doesn't read the same language as your mind. Because your mind can comprehend, yes, I'm safe, I'm safe. But for your body, the words might not be the same. Because I know for me and my body, the reason why it gets like so tight here is because my body remembers. It remembers that there was a reason to fear. So like one thing that really triggers me is when people raise their voice. <laughs> Very inconvenient trigger because that happens all the time. It happens when you're in the grocery store. It happens when you're, I don't know, just singing about life. Loud noises just kind of trigger me sometimes. And in my chest, I can feel it because in my body, I, I think it's not safe. My body's always saying like, hey, when it's loud, you need to be careful because we got hurt before. Um, and it's really important to kind of 
I don't want to say fix it, but it's important to give yourself that moment of being like, hey, kind of almost reliving that time in a safe space. And that's what sensory motor is. I just sat down with the therapy. I relived relived the situation, got to say what I wanted to say, defend myself how I wanted to defend myself, justify my boundaries, justify my worth, my feelings, and be like, hey, this is how I feel. This is how it is. It's not good. It's not bad. This is just how it is. And we have to work through this. And I thought it was really helpful. Um, The difference that I learned with EMDR and the sensory motor... um, therapy is that they're really similar but they're just different styles and I don't know too much about EMDR I did watch like a few videos sorry I'm picking my nose people that are listening on the podcast they don't they wouldn't know but I'm also on um on recording too (laughs) so some people probably saw me like picking my nose that's okay (laughs) it's morning I'm sorry not perfect person but yeah, I thought it was very interesting. And the little the little that I do know about EMDR is that it's kind of like you go through an experience and when you go through um that spirit experience, it's usually just one experience. So that e- EMDR usually based on the very small knowledge that I have what I learned is that it's like based on one, one, one event in your life. And then the sensory motor, um, is more of like seeing how your body describe how, what is your body describing to you and what does your body do in regards to, um, being triggered and being like remembering abuse or like stress. And how it is affecting your life in the present. So that's why we did the sensory motor. Because, um, you know, I have I have a pretty good life. <laughs> it was just my past. Like the 17 years of my past. That kind of um, confused my body. Kind of confused it a little bit. And so that's why sensory motor was recommended. And so I was like, okay, I'll try it. And I'll let you guys know how it goes. I, I think it was pretty helpful. All the exercise was, was you sit with your feelings, you let them happen, you let them happen, and you let them happen. It goes like this, and then you feel them out, and then you hold that feeling. So for me, remember it was in my chest, because I was angry, and it like, it, I let it sit there, and I analyzed it, and I was like, what's going on? And then eventually, when I took a notice in it, and I was really paying attention to it, and being like, validating how I felt in my body... And eventually went away. And I was like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm okay. So it kind of just goes like this. Hold the emotion. And then after a while, when you hold it and you kind of recognize it, you're like, okay, this is how I'm feeling. This is how my body is holding the stress. It kind of... Like that. And I, I really think it's useful. I think it's good to um, kind of... Sit with yourself sometimes and like pay attention to what is going on in your body. I I realized this more when I was sober because when I was using, I kind of just you know I I was on motor 
autopilot motor. I don't know what I was saying. Autopilot. Uh, you're kind of on autopilot a little bit. And when you're on autopilot, you know, you, you're doing stuff, but you're not paying attention to your body. You're just kind of like, you know, eh, eh. and you don't want to do that. Your body's important. Your body is telling you things that you need to know. Um, when you feel a pain somewhere, you know, in a pain or a stress, your body's telling you something. It's important. Listen to it. You don't want to have chronic stress. <laughs> you don't want to have chronic disabilities and things happening in the future because you're suppressing those things, you know. Just find a, a safe place to do it, either with a therapist or like writing it down. Um, singing. Singing really helps me. Sometimes just getting it out uh, is really helpful because you're you're worth it. Do it. Okay, well, I gotta go. Got some surprise. I got some priorities, but I really appreciate everyone that was um, listening to my podcast, and I really appreciate um, everyone who has supported me, helped me through, and um, I hope everyone has a great day. Safest, 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 safest of travels. Okay. <laughs>